Winter is officially here, everyone. That's right. We're here to talk about Game of Thrones Season 7. The finale just aired uh, within the last couple hours of when we're recording this podcast. And uh, I don't want to waste any more time with the cold open because winter is coming. Cold, winter. See what I did there? We're going to talk about episode 39 of the podcast. Cue the music. Welcome, everyone, to the Entertainment Buffet Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Brandon Prosek. And uh, like I said, we're talking about Game of Thrones. Yeah. If you're not watching Game of Thrones, just get your shit together. Go watch the show, because we're going to talk all spoilers. So this is your official final spoiler warning. I'm not going to be saying spoiler warning anymore. We're talking about anything that has happened on Game of Thrones seasons one through seven, all of season seven, including the finale. So... That's your warning. Boom. Did it. So you can't complain with me, haters, commenters on the on the internets. But uh, before we get started on discussion, we have some some good news and some bad news of the podcast. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll get the, the bad news out of the way so we can finish with some good news. Um, the sad news is Lena has officially stepped down from the podcast. She has uh, some opportunities with uh, a promotion she had at work, as well as um, some creative opportunities that she's going to be pursuing. And uh, so, yeah, uh, hopefully we can have her return as a guest down the road. But um, she, she just wanted to say she enjoyed her time and uh, we enjoyed having her. So uh, be on the lookout for Elena Stroud doing any of her uh, creative projects, hopefully coming to YouTube soon. And with the bad news, we now have some good news, everyone. You may recognize this voice from last episode, episode 38. Um, we, yeah, we have ourselves a new co-host joining the podcast. Um, she goes by many titles, um, sort of like Daenerys, just like a billion titles. Uh, she is the mother of Entertainment Buffet. She's the cameo queen in Entertainment Buffet sketches. She's just all around a kick-ass girl. Ladies and gentlemen, Jessica Quaz, everyone. Hey guys, um, I'm super pumped to to come on as the co-host and fill Elena's shoes. I love talking about entertainment, so this is perfect for me. Um, just a little bit about me. I'm just a filmmaker based in LA. I've been out here for about two years now. I used to live in Chicago, and that's where I met Brandon. Um, and I've produced work for him in the past, and we've collaborated since I moved out here. Um, so I'm excited to be joining the Entertainment Buffet family in a different role now as a co-host. I was going to say, you're definitely <laughs> part of the family already. But, uh, <laughs> no, but now I, have a, now I have a different role and a different title. <laughs> An- Daenerys. Another I'm title. So, I love the Daenerys comparison, by the way. That makes me so happy, and I feel like we're starting off on a really strong note that way. It's quite the <laughs> intro. I love it. Yes. Let's uh, let's uh, get ready to get into some Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. There's a we have a lot to talk about. Yes. There's I don't know so much. I just finished it. I literally just finished it like ten minutes ago. <laughs> so I'm still very much processing everything and like. Oh, there's a lot. There's a lot to think about. Yes. So, 
Uh, right before we get started, just wanted to say a quick apology to some of the listeners who have been wondering why the release schedule has been a little wonky. We've been a little bit busy with the play that we've plugged the last few episodes called How Does It Make You Feel? Our 10, uh, 10 show run, initial run is over, and uh, now we can get back to a, get back to a normal schedule, get, get back to every other Tuesday. And uh, as a uh, thank you for your patience, we're going to be dropping not only this episode, uh, 39, right now, but in the next few days we're going to be dropping 40 so boom boom two episodes just in case you happen to not be a huge game of thrones fan and want to hear something else jessica is on that episode we talk about the 2017 summer movie season so uh get ready for that to come out but for now we shall be talking about winter Season 7 finale, like Jessica just said, she just finished it. I remembered I wanted, uh, like, within a minute after it ended, I was like, well? And she's like, I haven't watched it yet. I'm like, well, get watching. You got, like, an hour and a half, and I want to talk about this. (laughs) I know, but we're in a different time zone. I had a different, you know, moment of my day going on. But I just, then I, I got into, I had to mentally prepare myself, too. I had to, like, remember what happened last episode and just be, like, ready to go. And then I, I went on that hour and a half ride. <laughs> yes. So um, I guess we're going to be talking about the thing that a lot of people are going to be talking about, and that is the 100% confirmation of Jon Snow's parentage, which uh, if you for, for some reason forgot about what happened in season six, we saw a flashback with Bran to the Tower of Joy where, uh, yeah, we saw that Jon Snow was not Ned Stark's bastard, but there was still a little little murkiness. Some people didn't put the two and two together uh, for some of the general audience non-nerds out there. And uh, they 100% confirmed it. Jon Snow is a Targaryen. His real name is apparently Aegon Targaryen, which is a shout-out to uh, some book readers. But, um, yeah, Jess, uh, John Dunn did his aunt. <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay, so I just, like... I really quickly want to just talk about how it was revealed because I thought it was a really bizarre way to reveal it. Like, I I saw it coming. I I had read um, a lot of the theories about it online. I'm not a book reader, so I never read the books, but I did hear about this theory, and I spent time, and I got invested in figuring it out. So when they did the flashback last season, I knew that that's where it was headed, but I didn't know, like, how they would reveal it or, like, how they, when they would or how if we ever would have it revealed. It was just, like, an audience little nod. Um, so it was, like, really bizarre because Bran has been so fucking useless up until this whole... <laughs> like, this whole episode, Bran finally was like, all right, I guess I'll help out, guys. Um, and it was just really bizarre that, like, he's, first of all, staring into a fire... Sam walks in and is like, hey, dude, like, it's been a while. I didn't know if you'd remember me, but like, hey. And Bran's all weird and emo and then just, like, looks at him and is like, so, uh, yeah, you know, John's not, like, my brother, right? Like, then they just get into it. And it was just the most bizarre way to reveal it. Like, to Sam, of all people, when they had this, like, wonky little reunion where they just kind of started, like, Growing down and catching up. Yeah. And then, like, and then not only that, like, that was weird for me, but also, like, to edit it with them having incest sex <laughs> was, like, a little extra. Like, that was a bit much. I, I would, like, have... I, I mean, because we all sort of knew that that was going to happen. Like, that we could foresee that coming. But, like, we didn't... I don't know. I didn't need to see it 
in the reveal. Like, oh, not only is it Targaryen, but he also just had sex with his aunt. Yeah. That was a bit much. <laughs> so, this has been, uh, for those who aren't book readers, uh, this is something that, like, book readers have been talking about forever. I mean, because the, the books are called, you know, A Song of Fire and Ice, Ice and Fire, however you say it. And so everyone predicted that Ice would be... John and Fire would be Daenerys, and that meant they're going to get together. But some people didn't exactly know that their relations. And I don't know. Yeah, like you said, it was a little interesting that like some people were probably like, "Oh my God, John's a John's a Targaryen, and he's boning the other Targaryen we know." Um, I think it's very interesting because like the show. And the first episode introduces incest, like, in this world with Jamie and Cersei. Like, it's it's one of the climactic scenes before they push Bran out the window to where it was like, holy shit, this show. And that was kind of just like, a, oh, evil. We don't like, well, obviously incest is gross, but, like, we don't like these characters off the bat because they push this kid out a window. And then, like, we go through this seven-season journey with John and Danny, their fan favorites, both just because they're heroes and like, because they try to always do the right thing. A lot of people just think they're both hot. <laughs> like that kid Harrington <laughs> and me, the Clark are both hot. But then like years later, like now to see incest in this way, it's kind of just like, I don't know how I f- like, I, I personally, I, I don't like it. Like I don't want them to be together in that way. Cause they're aunt and nephew. But like, is that what, like, George R. R. Martin was going for? Was just like, well, you don't like these two characters doing it, but what if it was two characters you like? Like, now are you questioning it? I don't know. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Like, it being full circle. Well, I mean, props to Game of Thrones for being consistent on one storyline. I mean, everyone's, like, motives are changing. Everyone's getting murdered. But the one thing they're cool with is incest, <laughs> and that never changes. Like, that's been the one thing that's just consistent, is incest, which is fucking weird. But I don't know. I wonder, too, if it's sort of a foreshadow for where Daenerys is headed. Is she, like, headed in a righteous path that we all sort of foresee? Or is that reflecting behavior that's similar to Cersei? And so is she going in sort of a a power-hungry sort of path? Obviously, she doesn't know that that's her family member, but when she finds out, how will she react to that? And if she decides to, I don't know, like have a secret relationship with him, then that's not too far off from like Cersei's behavior. And then what does that mean for her as leader? I know that's like a really like like deep thought and it sort of depends on like where she goes from there, but I don't know. Like it, where is she headed with this in terms of how she is a leader? Is she going to get power hungry and become like Cersei? I don't know. Yeah, it's it's definitely a lot of lot. Obviously, like most finales with Game of Thrones, there's lots of lots of questions as far as like what this what this reveal means, especially not just for like these two characters, but for everyone else. I mean, the Northern Lords uh, last season elected Jon Snow king of the North, and uh, I think one reason. Um, a lot of people enjoy his characters because they remind him he he's very much like Ned Stark and they think he's honorable and he's a warrior and he's always trying to do the right thing. But now they're going to see him as a Targaryen. Like, is that just going to all change or they're going to be like, wait, maybe 
it shouldn't matter if someone's a Targaryen or if someone's different because it's about their actions and not necessarily like what, like who they are. And I don't know, like, does that make any sense? Like, yeah, no, totally. I mean, this really does have potential to like have a huge shift in the storyline and we're obviously, um, and what everyone's motives are and who they pledge their alliance to. I mean, that could potentially change. I mean, for me, like, this isn't... It wasn't shocking. Like, the reveal was, was something I was expecting. But again, going back to, like, my main point, because it's honestly, like, my least favorite part of the episode was that reveal. Not because it, it wasn't something substantial. It's obviously something really huge. But the way they did it was so weird to me. Like, I... Like... As soon as, like, Brian's saying it, I was just... I kept thinking, like, this is how they're doing it right now? Like, this is how they're doing this reveal? Why why Sam, of all people? I don't know. Like, that feels like an odd person to choose as the one you're going to tell first. And also, like, why why did he wait? What was he waiting for? What yeah. was Brian waiting for? So that's... <laughs> like, I don't get it. That's the other thing uh, that people have been, like... So, like, why Bran's been, like, kind of, like, the one to get a lot of hate this season? Because because he is a three-eyed raven, which, like, he tells everyone, and everyone's like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. this is, like, the third time. Sidebar, I loved Sam's reaction. That was, like, everyone. Like, oh. Like, oh. I don't know is, what that is. I don't is. know what that is. Yeah, because, <laughs> like. like the, With, like, the most adorable face I, of I almost wish I could be, like, so Bran, look. The audience knows what that means, not only because we saw you train briefly for, like, two episodes, but because you've been talking about the Three-Eyed Raven since, like, I think the end of season one. So we know, but you have to remember that other people do not. <laughs> so he's pro- No one, and, like, everyone just doesn't even know how to ask what that is. Yeah, <laughs> like, and so... What? Like, he's almost would be better off if he just said, Sam, I'm a wizard. And, like, Sam's like, how do I do that? I want to be a wizard. Um... Call back to season one. Sam said he wanted to be a wizard. Um, but Oh, Sam is so adorable. So, yeah, the brand thing, it, I don't know. It just, like, part of me wishes that this was revealed. And I know what they had to save it for the finale, but, like, I wish it was revealed in a different way to someone else. And then maybe someone tried to keep him quiet, like maybe Littlefinger. I... I like, that would have been, I think, more interesting, and we'll kind of get into the whole Littlefinger, Arya, Sansa plot for this season. But does, uh, like, because like you said, he hasn't really done anything. Like, he showed up in, like, at the wall, and then all of a sudden he's at Winterfell, and then he's just been kind of talking with his siblings here and there, just saying little cryptic things about how he knows everything, and it's just... Yeah, I, I'm i really wondering what's going to happen with his character just because he's had so much buildup with this magic stuff. I mean, I bet he's going to maybe warg into a dragon or something, but it feels like for a character like this, maybe it would have been better if he had revealed some other stuff, like some other plot lines, and then like... Does that make sense? Like, he revealed... Yeah, no, I think... Because it also seems very far-fetched for them to just all of a sudden believe him. Like, why are they going to take Bran and then Sam, I guess, his their word for it? Why would they know? That could be something completely made up. I think the only way to, like, legitimize what Bran says is if they have some proof. So if... I mean, we kind of saw, like, a little bit of that, but, like, we just need for him... 
to like maybe I don't know predict some sort of prophecy that actually happens so people can actually see his powers do work um but I don't know it just felt like a really weird way to reveal it and like why had he been sitting on it for so long and then in that moment decide to reveal it and again going back to it like it was to Sam of all places and we had just had that like little easter egg uh with Sam where they revealed of the annulment and the secret marriage. So then that also felt like, and like Sam was the character who got exposed to that piece of information. So it felt like the two of them together just randomly sitting there catching up and then decides to like drop the bombs of like their knowledge. Like it just felt like a way to kind of just move this plot line along. Like, oh shit, we need to figure out how to announce that he's a Targaryen. Well, let's just like these two guys, let's just get them to talk about the things they know and then we'll move on from there. I don't know. It just was really weird to me. But I, I hate to keep like harping on it because I really did like the rest of the episode and it wasn't that terrible of a scene. Like I'll move on. But it was just a really weak and weird way to reveal it. Like I just don't, I don't know. So for me, it wasn't so much the reveal. It was how they did the reveal that kind of threw me off. Yeah, and I, I I agree. It, I I and it's very easy to like look at it now and just be like, oh, like they should have done this, but like, it's because we had to wait extra longer for this new season that like I wish that they had, because. Like we said, like nerds like us who know the theories, we knew in the season six finale when they showed that flashback that it's like because they did a super close up shot of the baby and then immediately cut to John. So like that was the show being like, mm-hmm. it's John. Yeah, that was a good visual. But reveal, like they didn't but, know, I mean, you know we didn't know who the father was. But I almost wish that they had just showed the audience that. And then now it's like the audience has known. And then like, how is it going to? how are they going to reveal that in the show for like the characters? You know what I mean? Instead of uh, like this, where it's kind of like it's been teased all season. Cause then there's the random scene a couple, a couple episodes ago where Sam is talking to Gilly and Gilly just finds out that a maester performed the annulment for Rhaegar and then a secret wedding. It was like they kept doing little hints like that. And it's like, just tell us already. Like, you pretty much already did. Like, stop trying to always leave these big things for the finale and stretch Bran's story so long. But uh, like you said, I don't want to sound like we hated the episode. So uh, maybe would you like to move on to some uh, some things you enjoyed about the episode? Yeah, but like just real quick to like wrap up my point with that. Like, you're right that they kept dropping like little hints. So I was anticipating something bigger and more satisfying when they did reveal it and I just I felt like I didn't really get that but I mean god there's so much more that was amazing so like honestly even though we're ranting about that a lot like that is something that is easily overlooked because so much more happened like oh god things I loved oh my goodness okay well first of all the beginning with the reunion that we've all been fucking wanting forever. (laughs) Like, all of these characters in one place. Like, this has been what we've sort of been waiting for. Yeah. Is this huge, like, party happening. Like, Like, I loved it. And I would just be careful saying the, uh, the word reunion because this is the first time for a lot of these characters to be interacting together. Now, 
Like, sure, we... That's true. Okay. But, the, but like, this season, we got the Lannister reunion. We got, like, the Snow, the Jon Snow. You're right. Like, some of them were very new to each other, but we got little mini reunions within yes. this big sort of gathering. Yeah. So that was amazing. And and it was really incredible, too, to see new characters. Well, not new characters, but characters get introduced to each other or be in the same area and space together. Like, that was really cool. Um, and I, like... What I really love, too, is this was also one way where we saw a bunch of characters in one place at one time get introduced to not only the dragons, but the White Walker. Like, a yeah. lot of the characters were just seeing it for the very first time, and the fact that they were all seeing it together in that setting was really cool. Yeah, I... This scene... I'm sure a lot of people feel disappointed because we thought we were going to get... Do you know what Clegane Bowl is? Is that a disease? Is that like a new STD I got to get vaccinated for? No, what is that? <laughs> what? How do you say that? <laughs> Clegane Bowl? No, what in the world is that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so the Cleganes, a.k.a. Sandor Clegane and Gregor Clegane, which is the hound in the mountain. Um, it's kind of like oh. a lot of people have thought that the show was going to lead up to like some sort of trial by combat or some sort of situation where the two were going to have to fight. And also both these characters have been seemingly dead, but then brought back. So like everyone's like, yes, we want to see these two fucking huge guys just fight each other. And someone came up with the name click game bowl. So I really thought we were going to uh... get every, <laughs> I really thought we were going to get it because like they're in the dragon pit. And also like he does go up to him is just like, Hey, bro, you know, <laughs> you look fucked. Yeah, you look more fucked yeah, up than I did, me. <laughs> I loved that where he's just like, man, it's been rough for you, bro. Yeah. <laughs> um, I Yeah. OK, that would have been like a cool setting. But I mean, hey, it's, it's not over yet. We might get the Clegane ball. <laughs> Clegane ball. <laughs> we might get it. We might get it one day. And that would be really cool to see. Um but it I mean, they to. also had like bigger fish to fry in that moment. Oh than, yeah, you know their brotherly problems. Yes. Yeah, so, but like, I think a lot of people thought that like that's, it's just something that it makes so much sense for those two characters. <laughs> but um, so mm-hmm. anyway, like you said, we have so many uh, reunions slash meetings for the first time, uh, and this was I think this has to be the biggest gathering of characters probably since like the pilot. Because, yeah, like, right? let's just like, run down, like, like, the roster here. We have Cersei, Jamie, even Euron is there, uh, Kyburn, Davos, Jon Snow, Daenerys, Mesendi, Varys, Tyrion, uh, the Hound, like, just everyone. Oh, Brienne of Tarth. Brienne, <laughs> yeah, Brienne. Um, <laughs> I'm probably forgetting some people, but just everyone that you can think of except for, like, the the Winterfell storyline and then the couple people at the wall, this is, like, the rest of the cast. Yeah, that was really exciting to see that all come together. I, was, I thought it was satisfying. I really liked it. What would you say, like, out of all the characters that were reuniting, what was your first, like, favorite reunion out of all of that? Hmm. I would say, okay, I'll tell you mine. I mean, <laughs> I just, like, that's a... Because there's so many. Like, there's so... <laughs> <laughs> I know there's so many and but like I don't know I mean because there's Tyrion and Bronn and then there's all the Lannisters coming together the three of them at least anyway and then you're right there was a mountain and how so just this scene uh, or the whole episode 
Um, we can do the whole episode, but my favorite, personally, my favorite was Brienne and Jamie. That reunion was so great. I wanted more of that. <laughs> I know, I wanted more of it, but I just love that Brienne was like, fuck loyalty. Did you not see that White Walker, bitch? Get your <laughs> shit together. Come on. I loved it. Yeah. My girl throwing it down. So, I love, oh, okay, so, like, there are many, but, like, it's, one I'll give a shout out to, and then one I'll go a little bit more in, is I really enjoyed Brienne and the Hound. Having a mm-hmm. moment because they had only had one scene together that was back in the season four finale where they fought basically over like they they didn't trust the other one with Arya and um like it was just this brutal scene and then like we've seen both these characters fight all these other characters and to see them clash because they're both super tall actors and they're both great warriors and to see them clash it was just so crazy and then now to see all the stuff they've been through. And then now they're back at that moment and they're both just like, is Arya safe? She is good. You know? And like, it was just kind of like a, a brief little, like the hound has been thinking about Arya and he's glad to hear that she's safe. And I just kind of liked that moment. It was so endearing. It really was. And like, you're right. Like these two big, literally big fighting figures coming together for a moment and sharing their concern over one person. That was really sweet. And I loved how the hound just looked like a proud papa. <laughs> like, that's my girl. Yeah. Fighting them off. I loved that. That was really cute. Yeah, so the other one that I uh, I really want to talk about is, and because I think it's one of the best acted scenes this season, if not possibly the entire show, and that's the scene between Tyrion and Cersei, um, in her like th- like kind of office thing, whatever. Um, it's the old room that they used to speak with Tywin while he was the Hand of the King. Um, yeah, so like these two characters had lots of scenes in season two, and I believe that the actors Lena Headey and Peter Dinklage are good friends in real life, and like they almost I think they hate how they're characters that hate each other because they like each other so much, and. Um, they had some phenomenal scenes in season two, like debating over how to handle Joffrey and the Battle of the Blackwater and all this stuff. And then obviously we had the stuff with Joffrey's trial. She hated him like like she's never hated him before, tried to get him killed. And then he was away for a few seasons. And now to see him come back and like they're still having the same problems. And like those performances for me were just so fantastic because like it was like two acting juggernauts like just doing what they do best which is just like some pretty great dialogue and just to me what made me fall in love with the show which is just like these scenes of two awesome actors talking which like I know a lot of people are like but what about the dragons and the battles like yes those are cool too I love sword fights and I I I really enjoy all those sequences, but this is like what I love about the show is like these two characters and you both know like what they want. Like we both like we see, even though we all hate Cersei, we see her point of view. Like she's just like, you just want us to go fight these zombies so that you can just take us over, you know? And, um, obviously there's Tyrion who is like, no, like we need to work together and I'm trying to save you too. Like, I've never tried to tear a family apart, but like, uh, before I gush too much, Jess, what did you, <laughs> what did you think of this scene? 
I agreed. I, I think it was a really good, strong acting scene between those two. You're right, they are absolute juggernauts, and they're so amazing together. The amount of tension that's always been in, like, between those characters, the way they play it out, it's just it's so amazing. It's like a masterclass of acting, I think. Um, but what I loved so much about that scene is Tyrion goes in to, to try to convince his sister, and... It seemed like they did very little talking about the White Walkers, and it was mostly just about their relationship, which was really interesting to see them sort of almost like put like put their guard down and be honest with each other. And at one point, like Tyrion, who thought he would might get murdered, he could very well have gotten murdered the whole time too. Um, just that like dark cloud over the whole situation is the mountain there. Um, but at one point too, like he literally just walked over and like poured them a drink and like just got real which is like such a callback <laughs> to season like, let's two let's have some wine <laughs> I, yeah and so that was cool and just to see them like be honest with each other what had happened and where they're sort of headed like she revealed she was pregnant to her brother they talked about her children like everything that happened they talked about him murdering your dad so it was more just about them rather than the white walkers which i thought was really neat and then you know, we we find out later on, like, what Cersei's decision was out of that. But that was kind of incredible to see them to catch up and, and just talk on a personal level. Yeah, because, like you said, um, one thing about that, like, bringing up the kids. Because, like, ever since the season six finale when Tommen committed suicide tragically after seeing that his wife, Marjorie, had died, they... Uh, they only mentioned him like once, like basically Jamie tried to bring her up and, and uh, Cersei was just like, no, he betrayed the family. And like, you could just tell that Cersei's just burying her true feelings over like the death of all of her children. And, uh, Tyrion's like genuinely saying like, I, I, I know you hate me, but I did love them and I am sorry. And like, he even just like, you can blame me for their deaths, which he had nothing to do with both of their deaths. I think she was like trying to put the blame on him that like, because he killed Tywin that <laughs> somehow that, yeah. that caused a chain reaction that call, uh, like had the Dornish kill Marcella and then Tommen, uh, kill himself. It's, but I just like that genuine moment of him saying, like, no, like, despite all of our shit, like, I am so sorry. And, like, you can blame me and you can take me out for it, but I am sorry. And I want you to know I did care about them. I feel like as the series has gone on, I mean, Cersei's already, I mean, she's been a bad bitch from day one. But, like, I feel like her humanity has been pushed down more and more as the series go. And that was, you know, the only scene in a really long time where she's just human, where she's just talking about her pain and her suffering and being very vulnerable when she could have chosen to do the exact opposite and literally just have the mountain kill him right then and there and get it over with. Um, but instead she made a choice to, to just have a conversation with her brother. And that was really incredible. Um, I don't know where it's headed. I don't know if we'll ever even, like, see them together again. Yeah. I mean, I don't so, know. Who knows? But it was great. What was very interesting was then they almost kind of mirrored this scene with, with Jamie talking to her where, like, the same situation comes up where, like, the mountain is right behind them. And he's just like, what do you do? Are you going to kill me? And she's like, yeah, I could. And he's just like, 
do you not understand? Like, I'm the only one that is, like, with you. And uh, the fact that, like, he even says, like, do it. Just have him kill me. And, like, both times, Cersei, like, you can tell she's going to, but she hesitates and she decides not to, which I thought was a very interesting character, like, because I would have thought that, at least for Tyrion, she would have totally taken that chance. But, like, she she spared both of her brothers, which, obviously, like, she loves Jamie, and Jamie's like, the father of her, possibly, if the baby happens, fourth child, but... What did you think about that moment that they mirrored it in, like, the same episode that both her brothers would, like, kill me, and she's just like, I won't? Well, like I said, when we first started, I, like, just finished it, so I actually didn't even think much about it. I didn't even really notice how closely that was mirrored until just now, but you're right. They were very similar in terms of the scene structure and how it was set up and the fact that she made the same choice. I don't know. I don't know what that says about where she's at. I think, um, I don't know. It could be tied to the fact that she is pregnant and she's always put her kids first. Yes. I mean, that's one thing we can all say about Cersei. She's crazy, but she loves her kids. Um, so I don't know. Like maybe it's something to do with the fact that now she's pregnant. So she's going to be a mom again. Yes. And so now she's taking on that, that maternal instinct is starting to creep up and protecting your family starting to creep up. I don't know. Um, is it does it mean she's gonna be a good person now? No. Yeah. But well. Okay. <laughs> so that's that's the thing. It was like you have the scene where, like you said, you really show her humanity, um, and like like you said, it's because she's pregnant and she's always so protective of her kids, but she like brings up she's like that moment when like the walker came at me. Like, I didn't, you know, I wasn't thinking about, you know, the people. Like, I was thinking about, and, like, she pretty much, like, starts bringing up that she's pregnant. And it just, like, it shows, it, it, I was almost like, wait, is Cersei going to work with them? Like, is she? And then, obviously, like, a few scenes later, it's just like, nope, no chance. Like, she's like, yeah, when they all go north to f- to fight the... uh the walkers we're going to take back some of our land and it's just i don't know like it 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 really makes me curious about where this is going to go next season because jamie's left her and she revealed her big plan which um was that during this whole exchange of all the characters euron says like i'm out the zombie shit you know they can't swim right all right i'm going on my boat (laughs) (laughs) And I'm getting the hell out (laughs) and I'm just going to chill on the island because they can't swim. And uh, then Cersei reveals that it's like, no, he's still working with me. He's going to Bravos, and he the Iron Bank. I made a deal. They're going to bring the Golden Company, which are apparently some of the best warriors in the world. He's going to bring 20,000 men and we're going to take back our land. And it's just so interesting because... (laughs) We have John and da- Daenerys, like, they all are going north to fight the, the the walkers and the Night King, and then to see Cersei going through this whole plan, I don't know. Like, I, I genuinely thought when the season started that we were going to lead to Cersei being killed, and then it's just the good humans that we love against the zombies for season eight. But they didn't go that route. Like, they're they're keeping Cersei alive, and they're keeping that kind of third, like that, I don't want to say other antagonist, 
But do you know what I mean? Like for John and Daenerys, like this other yeah. obstacle. Well, I didn't think they would kill her. I did not think she would be dethroned. I thought she would still be on the iron and they, we would just still have the White Walker plot. But so, but when it was re- revealing itself in this episode, I did not think she was striking a deal. I thought she was committing to help the cause. You know, again, going back to the fact like she's protecting her family now and she's protecting her unborn child and therefore her family's name. Like she wants these White Walkers out of the way so she can like focus on that. So I definitely thought she was committing to helping the fight and I thought that Grey George is out. And honestly, I sort of like, I sort of loved his exit. Like I loved that this like evil asshole is just like, oh, fuck this, bye. Um, <laughs> that would have been great. It's just like over it. So I, I honestly thought that that's just what he was doing. Like, he doesn't, he's out. He's going to protect himself, done. Seriously, he's going to help the fight. We'll, then we'll continue on with this whole, like, Iron Throne situation. Um, I did not really foresee her striking a deal. Uh, that totally changes things, I think. And I think it'll be really interesting to see if she's capable of, of doing that successfully. I don't know. I mean, it could be setting up for her ultimate demise, um, who knows? But also, really quick, this is I going back. Remember, I cannot remember what season this was. We had a flashback with a young Cersei. Um, I was going to see if you know what this is about. Do you remember? Okay, where the where the witch or the Maggie the Frog, whatever the hell she was. Oh, okay. What Ag- Aggie the Frog? Maggie, whatever. Maggie the Frog. <laughs> Whatever, her, she t- says that Cersei is going to have three kids. Now she's prego with her fourth. So does that mean, is she going to, like, meet the demise her mother so met? So do you know, you know, do you know, know the book, like, the, this whole plot line from the book at all? No. Okay. Well, so, like, yeah, so, like, one of the things that she said in... Uh, if anyone is not sure what Jess is talking about, this was the season five uh, cold open sort of uh, moment. We we showed a flashback of Cersei as a child going to this witch. And basically, like, she tells her her future that she's like, you're going to have, uh, you are going to marry the king, but he's going to have, like, a hundred children, none of which will be yours. And she's like, how does that make sense? Which is, like, implying to all the bastards Robert was going to have. But you're gonna have three children of like golden shrouds or golden crowns, something like that. Basically, they're gonna have blonde hair, and um, in some way, she basically said like you're gonna outlive them, um, like you're gonna see them all die, and then which explains why Cersei's so protective of her children, um, probably because she's been paranoid her whole life that her kids were gonna get killed, and then uh. One other part, which the the show didn't quite get into, but the books did, which is there was a prophecy that she was going to get be killed by, and like it was like in Valerian or something, but like the translation was little brother, so like that's why she's always been so hating of Tyrion because he's her little brother, and also the fact that he killed. Um, well, he didn't kill, but, like, as he was being born, their mother died. So she always blamed Tyrion for that. And so, yeah, kind of a theory that everyone's saying is, like, well, Jamie's technically the little brother between them being twins. So has she thought her whole life that Tyrion would kill her, but Jamie's actually going to be the one to kill her? Oh, like Jamie's 
offspring will be the one to possibly do it. Well, like, no, like they do- they I think know. Jamie will actually think, be the one to kill her. Oh, see, I've I've been thinking that she's gonna die in childbirth. That's what I think. That could happen. happen too. Like mirror her mother, but you, that's an interesting idea too. Maybe she dies before she could even give birth. Gross. So, but like, so my prediction the whole year, and I really thought that like when the season started, like we could get to this moment. But as the season went on, I realized that they're gonna tro- totally save Lena Headey dying for next season, but. I thought they were going to lead to like this Romeo Juliet moment where like Jamie realizing that she's become like the mad queen and is killing her. And then in some fashion she kills him and like they die in each other's arms. And it's kind of like this like tragic, even though like it's incest, like this tragic love story. And they've alluded to it like at least two, three times this season when Jamie was with Lady Olena, which is one of the best scenes of the season, when he gives her the poison, she's like, she'll be the end of you. And then Braun, like, at one point about Cersei, she's like, she's going to be the end of you. And so, like, they've really been laying it on that, like, <laughs> Cersei's going to kill Jamie in some fashion. So I really wonder if that's where it'll go next season. I mean, what do you think? I I don't know. I don't. I don't, I don't know. I think that it would be more likely that she would kill him rather than he kill her um, because she is power hungry. She is, you know, unhinged. Um, and she's carrying his child. I don't think he would want to d- harm his own child in True. any way. Um, so I don't know. I don't know where that's going to go. It'll be interesting to see that play out. It's, it's a tricky, obviously complex and very incestuous relationship the two of them have. But um, I don't... I don't know. I, I don't think that she could would harm him. I don't. I think we saw that already in this episode, that she really doesn't want to. As much control and power she wants over him, I don't think she would be willing to take it to the nth degree with it. I think... Personally, I think that the childbirth theory is more likely, where no one can actually bring her down except her family, the thing that she's been, like, fighting her whole life to protect. But I don't know. I have no idea. Um, I think it's interesting. I I think this set up a lot of really interesting routes for where Cersei will go. And we know what her plan is. So that's, I mean, that's a huge shift up. Like, now that everyone's going to be fighting the White Walkers is now her plan. I don't know. Now she's going to take over. Um, or at least try to. I don't think she'll be successful in that, but I don't know. She's a bad bitch. She gets shit done. Yeah, so... She does. Before before we jumped uh, up to Winterfell, uh, one of the other interactions I really enjoyed, um, and this was, like like you said, kind of a... Not the first reunion, but it was, like, the first time they got to really have an, another scene together, which was Theon and Jon Snow. Uh, Theon... It was very interesting remembering way back to the pilot. It was like Theon, Rob Stark, and Jon Snow. They were all pretty much the same age. They grew up together. And, uh, like, obviously Rob Stark died way back in season three. But, like, all the stuff that Jon went through and all the stuff that Theon went through. And, like, we saw that reunion, like, an episode or two ago where uh, Jon's like, the only reason I don't kill you is because you saved Sansa. But... Uh, Theon basically just has all this regret and he's like, I just don't know what to do. And she's just like, uh, Jon Snow says, look, like 
I can't forgive you for all the stuff you did, but our father is gone, but you can like, he still lives on in us and you can do the right thing, even though you think you don't know how. Um, and that's where Theon finally, finally decides he's going to try to go save Yara. And it, this was a, something that like, I'm also surprised that they pushed until next season. Um, because that episode was way back an episode, like two or three of the season where, Yara and Theon are attacked and like the Dornish are captured and Euron was just a total fucking badass. And now Theon's just kind of been in the background. And basically we have this scene where he fights this other dude to show that like he's is ironborn and that those men like they're going to go after Yara. But I mean, what do you think? Like, did this really need to be pushed to next season? Do you think this could have been something we squeezed into some of the other episodes this season? Well, I think I've always thought that Yara and Theon are like background supporting characters who, you know, play a role in the overall plot, but aren't that substantial. I don't think it needed to necessarily be dragged out to next season, but maybe there is a way in which it'll it'll have a ripple effect in the overall plot. I don't know. I I will say though that I love how dickless Theon is what <laughs> saved his life. Like, can we just like take a moment to appreciate the fact that like. He was getting his ass kicked. I thought he was for sure going to die. I thought that was it. Like, he's a pathetic man who's just had karma keep knocking him down, knocking him down, and now this is it. He's going to be literally knocked down and dead. And then he comes back, and the only thing that saves him in that moment is the fact that he doesn't have a penis. <laughs> that was it. And then all of a sudden, he's like, oh, I yeah, I can fight. Yeah. And he just comes like he just comes back from it. That was funny. But, but yeah, it... <laughs> I don't know, like... I was just like, yay, Dickless Theon, saving the day. I think it's more so that he didn't have balls, because like that's what really hurts if he gets oh, hit true. there. Oh, that's true. I don't have, I don't, I don't have these things. <laughs> I don't have any experience. But yeah, he. But like you said, okay, ball is One Theon. thing that was funny though was like the guy kicks him there and he doesn't respond, and then he proceeds to just kick him there a couple more times. It's like obviously that didn't. Yeah, he's like, wait a yeah, minute, like, what's happening but, here? Huh? So yeah, I don't know. Like I, okay, Yara is totally a background character. But, like, Theon, I don't think is... I mean, sure, he's not Jon Snow or Tyrion or Daenerys, but I think he is one of the... He's a main character because, like, this is a character we've seen ever since season one, and he's been one that, sure, he's been kind of background sometimes, especially when he's being tortured for, like, three seasons. But he has had a very interesting arc, and I... Definitely, uh, I, I think it's also because I love Alfie Allen's performance as Theon. Like, he just, he makes, like, all the torture and all this stuff, like, just so, like, believable. And, like, there are some people out there that are like, no, fuck Theon. He betrayed Rob. Like, he deserves everything he gets. But, like, he's, <laughs> he, he, like, realizes, like, he is a coward and he is, like, you know, he's like, he could never be like John. I think that's one thing too. He's like, I could never be like John. I could never be like Rob, but like Yara's always been there for me. And like, I got to try to save her. So I don't know. I, I don't want to say necessarily he's a background character, but I think this is an instance and we'll kind of maybe get into this once we finish the Winterfell stuff where this should have just been a 10 episode season. And like, then they totally could have fit this in. 
because like that feels like a plot line that doesn't need to go all the way till season eight. Um, yeah, totally. Like you're right. Theon has like added more to the plot, definitely more than Yara. But I just I feel like either way, it's it's not that huge of a plot line that I need to have resolved. You know, next we need to put out more episodes about this. It doesn't need to be dragged out. I think it could have been wrapped up more. I kind of forgot about Yara until this well, episode. Like, I, I just kind of did. She kind of fell behind all the other bigger, crazier plots that we were, like, watching happen. So I did I did forget that she was, like, even prisoner and she needed to be rescued. And it, it, to me, it's just, you're right, it doesn't, it's not something we need to have drag on to next season. Yeah, I think it's because, like, we've been so used to other seasons where we have all these characters, like... Just like we have A, B, C, D, E, F, G, like so many plot lines. And like now that they've all been like converged into like it was pretty much almost like if you think about it, almost like an A and a B plot, like the A plot being the uh, obviously John and Danny and all those people. And then like the B plot being like Winterfell stuff. And it was like weird because like that's hardly ever happened on Game of Thrones. They're usually juggling so many characters. But this was an instance where, like, if they just had went a full 10 episodes, then they could have maybe sprinkled in some more Yara stuff or even more Euron um, stuff, uh, as well as, I don't know, not necessarily more reunions, but, like, and we'll get more into this. A lot of people thought that this season's just been very, like, boom, boom, boom. Like, they, they're just, they're the gas pedal is on. They're trying to get to the end. <laughs> and... Um, so I wondered if that would maybe help plot lines like this, where instead of, like you said, like Yara just disappearing for episodes on end, um, they could actually show stuff like that. Like, like, remember, okay, we saw the Hound, Barrack Dondarrion and Thoros, they were in the season premiere and then we didn't see them again until like basically before last episode where they're part of like, you know, the magnificent seven going beyond the wall. And it was just like, why, why did we go like five, six hours of episodes worth without seeing these characters? Do you know what I mean? Like, I wish they had more time for these. I think like, I think in another season of game of Thrones, it would have worked like these subplot lines. Cause you're right. We've been having them since season one Uh, but this season it is a little bit more down to the wire in terms of wrapping up the storyline so like these subplots like this do feel very minor and get in my opinion do get overshadowed by the bigger issues that are now coming to a head um so to me honestly i don't i don't care about yara i really don't like cool she's a female badass like good for you girl um, I did like when they were all chanting, like, for Yara. I was like, hell yeah, girl, you got all these men coming after you. You're going to be good, I th- hopefully. Um, but, like, overall, I just don't care. I just don't care that much. I really don't. I like the Grazers. I like, eh, well, not really. Well, I, I think mean, this is like, why, too, like- is because Yara, in particular, you know, we meet her in season two when Theon takes over Winterfell and, like, he goes back to Pike. We meet all the Greyjoys, whatnot. But then, like, she's not in all of... And I mainly know this because right before season seven, I rewatched seasons one through six within, like, a few weeks. And they... All of season three, Yara's not in until she's in the season finale where she's like, I'm going to go save Theon. And then she's in, like, two episodes of season four. 
pretty sure she's in no episodes of season five, and then she's not seen again until like season six when like Theon finally like has escaped Winterfell from the Boltons. So I I I don't think it's the character's fault. I think it's like the showrunners just like have completely like not made us care. Like sure, like you said, she's a badass woman and she uh is a fighter and we liked that she sided with Daenerys, but she's just been so sparsely used. It's like how are we supposed to really care? You know? Yeah. Yeah, I I just don't. I feel like the her plot kind of just comes in and out and I mostly out in my opinion yeah. and I, I mean <laughs> Look, can we talk about two better siblings? Which is <laughs> oh, I was just gonna say, Arya. let's let's move on then to, <laughs> let's to talk Winterfell. About the better siblings. So, yeah, yes. this has been yes interesting because this season we had, like you said, many reunions. Bran, Sansa, and Arya have all been back at Winterfell, and obviously Sansa and Arya never liked each other way back in season one. But it didn't take long for that stuff to happen. Littlefinger was little fingering his way into trying to rip the sisters apart. And I don't know, like, okay, so let's just get right out the way. Littlefinger gets a little prick in the throat and <laughs> is killed <laughs> yes. by Arya. So what do we what do we think of cause Littlefinger a lot of people thought was like one of the best villains in the show. And no, fuck Littlefinger. Fuck Littlefinger. I'm, he's not a good... Uh, I, I was so ready for this death. I've been ready for this death forever. Even in the, the scene before he died with Sansa, I, I was just thinking, I want this guy fucking well, murdered. Is that I the, cannot stand this the, guy. It, it, not in like a cool villainous way where you like are rooting for his demise because he's just so evil. It's just like, God, you're such a little shit. Why are you even <laughs> around? Like... Why are you even? Why are people even listening he's to you? He's a master anymore? manipulator. So but he's fucking annoying. Like he's annoying. Yeah, he's a he manipulator. But after a while, it's like, do you like him? Do you like Littlefinger? I thought he was a very okay. Well, that's the thing. Is like now seeing how this is how he goes out. Like it really makes okay. Early seasons, Littlefinger, I really enjoyed because he. It's like him and Varys. I loved those characters because they're the ones that are like planting the seeds in like the big high lords to get like what they want. And like I love the chaos as a ladder speech because it's so true. Like he goes from just being he's pretty much the accountant. Uh, He's like the secretary of treasury for Westeros in season one. And he goes like up the ladder to like. He brings the Tyrells and the Lannisters together to be the Lord of Harrenhal. And then he marries himself off to Liza Aaron so he can kill her and then be Lord of the Vale. And then he ends up helping win Battle of the Bastards because, like, Sansa, like, asks him to. Like, and we they reveal in season four before he kills Liza that, like, he killed John Aaron, which is what made the Starks come down. And then he was the one who sent a letter with Liza saying that, like, the Lannisters killed John and, you, the you know, the stocks, you need to be warned. And then, like, started planting these seeds <laughs> along mm. the way for uh, the what ended up being the War of the Five Kings and Ned being killed. Obviously, he betrayed Ned. So, like, 
I thought he was a very fascinating character. I just think he they didn't know what to do with him these last few seasons, and he's been just kind of like, you know, sneaking around, leaning against walls, just like, <laughs> and it's just like he was very. I think the problem was he was very underwritten. I don't know. I have always just thought he was such a creeper and such a weirdo, and I thought you could like spot his manipulation a mile away. Like, I always wondered, like, why are these characters still trusting him? Why do they still have him around? He's obviously caused all this shit. Like, why is he still here? Um, so for me, it was a super satisfying death. So satisfying. I've been, like I said, waiting for it for a really long time. But I, I found it so satisfying because he's crying and begging like a little bitch right before he dies. And that's what made it so much better. He doesn't take a, like, you know, just like, he doesn't just take it. And he's like, you know what? You're not going to ruin my dignity. Whatever. I'll just die. It's cool. He's like crying. Yeah. And like, Sansa, I'm sorry. Can I just talk to you by yourself? Um, so it was great. And I, I honestly thought that Sansa was under some sort of like Stockholm syndrome influence from him. I didn't know what was going on. I, re- I, I really did think it was headed in the opposite direction, where she was sort of listening and allowing him to influence her, which is, might be another reason why I find found him so obnoxious, is because I thought Sansa had grown to become better than just to listen to him. So that's where I thought it was headed. And the fact that it was headed in the way that was going to be his downfall was so great. The sisters came together. You're right. Like, they didn't get along. They didn't really like each other. So it was amazing to still see the Starks, like, stay true to who they are and honor family and and put each other first. And also, shout out to Bran for finally being useful. <laughs> that was, like, the first time he helped his siblings out. Thanks, Bran. Where you yeah. been? Like, that was the first time. Um, so And just, like, the three of them together decide, nah, not today, not in the Stark house. And I also just really loved that Arya was the one that finally did him in. Like, I loved With his that. own dagger. And it just, <laughs> with his own dagger, again, he's crying, he's on the floor, he's, like, begging. It was great. I, I was, it was, like, honestly, for me, the most satisfying death because I could not stand that character. I'd want him gone a real long time. And you don't mess with sisters. Uh-uh. Don't ever well, mess with sisters, brah. Uh-uh. Here's, I guess here's why I'm a little underwhelmed by it. I think it's because... We all knew from, like, the moment he put the knife to Ned's throat and, like, betrayed him in season one that, like, we knew we wanted him dead and we knew that, like, he would get there. Like, he was a character that was going to get killed. I guess it was just in this fashion because I guess a lot of my problems come back to, like, the season being shorter that I would have liked to see this play out a little more. It felt like one minute Arya's back, the next minute they hate each other, and then all of a sudden he's trying to plant the seeds like to get them to hate each other more, and then they're just like, nope, we figured it out, you're dead. And I was just like, whoa, like, that was... <laughs> like, I bet it... Oh, see, I totally feel the opposite way. I felt like it had been played out for too long. Like, we just got a Stark sister reunion... Can we not have this fucker coming in and trying to ruin it? Like, how are... These girls are really smart. They've been through a lot. How do they not see he's manipulating them? Like, that... uh, Sansa especially. Like, why would Sansa allow this to be going on? So I was actually growing very frustrated with the storyline, and I wanted it to end. 
So I was really glad they just ended it this season and then didn't drag it on to next season. Oh, yeah, no, I didn't want to drag it out by any means. I think it's just... Maybe it is just the execution of it. Like, uh, sure, like I, it makes sense what they were doing. He was trying to put the sisters against each other, and they real they they learn all the lessons that they've learned, and they realize that they need to be united, a united front. And it's 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 like what you know Ned had said to them way back in season one when like Sansa's like I hate uh, or Arya says I hate Sansa. He's just like no, like there's a lot of evil people here, and like we need to stick together. And I get, like, that's what they were going for. But maybe it's just because, like, this is a character that's been around since, like, the second episode. Like, he's been around for so long. He's been a main cast member ever since season one. Like, for it to go out, not just, like, in this episode, but, like, in this season. Like, it felt just very weak. Um, It's not that I don't like the idea, but I just don't like the execution of it. It felt very just, like anticlimactic i i imagined his death being more satisfying like i knew sansa would be the one to kill him and like then like when Arya came back it's like oh well Arya's gonna have to kill him but i don't know it just i i totally actually disagree with you i thought it was actually like really satisfying the fact that ned stark's daughters are the ones that take him down and his true nature is revealed. The fact that, again, he's cowering and crying just shows that he's a, he's not a strong human. He's just able to manipulate people. He did not deserve to be a major player in this world. He just kind of got himself, snuck himself, and got himself in it. He's not, like, a strong fighter. He's not someone with good morals. He did not deserve to be there. And this the Stark daughters that take him down and realize it too. Like that's another thing too. He's been playing people for so long, and the fact that it's Arya and Sansa, two girls that we saw back in season one. It's like these little babies running around. Sansa's trying on pretty dresses. Arya's got like a little sword. <laughs> like we see their evolution, and they're the ones that stab him and see his game for what it is and take him down. But I want to ask you something. When Arya walked into the hall. And they shut the door, and she has a shit of, like, oh, shit look on her face. Did you think that it would turn on Littlefinger, or did you think it was going to be yeah, on I, Arya? I was like, there's no way, there's no way they're going to have Sansa kill Arya. Like, I, I just, I, like I said, maybe not in this fashion, but, like, I knew, like I said, I knew there was no way that the sisters were actually going to tear each other apart. Like, I just, I, I, I don't know, like, maybe... And, like, maybe because they were doing the whole dagger thing throughout the season, like, it's like, well, it has to be that they kill Littlefinger. I mean, we saw in season six that Sansa got to be the one to, like, release the dogs on Ramsay and kill him. We gotta have this happen. But I guess I wonder, too, like, why... So why did Sansa send Brienne down to the King's Landing? Like, it just... Why wouldn't she just, like, straight up just have Brienne kill, you know, like, be there to protect them in case Littlefinger had a backup plan? I don't know. I, it just... Well, maybe it goes back to what Brienne said about Arya to the Hound, which is Arya doesn't need protection, the person who gets in her way. You know, maybe Sansa knew that. Maybe, even though, like, yeah, they have their sibling differences, and there was that scene last episode where it sort of seemed like Arya might be threatening Sansa, like... 
maybe Sansa really knew, like, if shit goes down, Arya can take care of it. Like, I don't need Brienne around. I would rather have Brienne, who I trust, go off and do this thing for me so I have someone I actually trust over there. Because it seems like she's not really trusting Jon too much. She needs someone to be her eyes and ears somewhere else while she's in Winterfell. So, like, I don't know. That decision at first really did upset me. And again, I thought it was another reason why, like, Sansa was under some sort of, like I said, Stockholm Syndrome influence of Littlefinger. And I, that really upset me why she would do that. But then to see it play out in a way where that wasn't the case, she did have this no to distrust Littlefinger. I don't know. I, I, I think it sort of worked. I did. And I, I just, maybe it's because I just, I love the girl power. <laughs> like, I love that it was, like, too, like, because that's something my, my sister and I never fight. We don't, like, hate each other like Arya and Sansa. But you fucking best believe we would team up and murder someone if we had to. Like, hell yeah. So I was like, sisters, get it. Yes, start girls. Like, Ned would be so proud. <laughs> Woody, though? So I, I love, Woody won his little girl stabbing yeah. someone in the throat. I, I don't know. That's true. He probably wouldn't like like it, but he'd probably be like, "Yeah, those are my girls. They're tough. Hell yeah." <laughs> like, I don't know. I'd like, um, I'd like, I'd like to like to think so. Because I mean, I, I, I liked it. Like I said, I've been waiting for it for a really long time. I never liked Littlefinger. I always thought he was fucking annoying. And so to like see him go out at the hands of Arya was so good. I was so happy. But can we talk okay. about the wall now? So this is. <laughs> This has been something I like. I knew had to happen at some point in the show, not in this fashion, but I, like, especially when I rewatch seasons one through six. Which, bear in mind, I've seen the seasons many times, but like, I saw seasons one through six in a very small amount of time. Like, that was like the biggest fucking Chekhov's gun I've ever seen. Which, like, you're aware of Chekhov's gun, right? It's like this term, no. like. You're teaching me so this much. This isn't a Game of Thrones thing. This is like a writer. Learn something new. But I, well, I know that. I know what Chekhov is. I just don't know it's like basically like if you introduce, like, okay, like if a character takes out a gun, at some point it needs to go off. Like whether it's way later in the story, like oh. it, you can't just introduce a gun and it not go off. And so like I noticed like they've been planting the seeds. They're like the wall has, has stood for thousands of years. The wall has stood for thousands of years. Nothing will ever tear down the wall. They can never get past the wall. The wall, like... So many characters, whether they're in the Night's Watch or like even this season when Samwell was in front of all the maesters at Old Town, he's just like, we got to help them. And they're just like, the wall has stood for a thousand years and like it, it will, like nothing will ever take it down. And it's just like they said that so many times. I'm like, it has to come down. Like you can't introduce a wall that fucking huge and have it be a staple of the show and the books and it not come down in some capacity. Like I, I, I dare anyone to like also rewatch the season so close together and see how many times characters say it stood for a thousand years. It's like whenever they're like, this is Valerian steel, you know, like, it was like that. Like, that was a Chekhov's gun. Like, everyone's just like, what the is big fucking deal about Valerian steel? Like, is it just really good steel? And then it's like, oh, it can kill White Walkers. So, like, it, <laughs> does that make sense? Like, th- Yeah, no, but I would think that, like, the Chekhov's gun would be the dragon. Like, I mean, yeah, this was, like, a very new reveal that the White Walkers now had a dragon, but I would think that would be 
the thing that would be drawn, so to speak. Um, so I was expecting something to happen with the dragon, and obviously dragons can fly, so I was thinking that the dragon would just hop over the wall and fuck shit up. I didn't think he would actually destroy the wall. Yeah. I didn't th- see that um, coming. Especially, okay, especially there was a joke where John basically makes, uh, you remember his friend Ed, um, one of the other Night's Watch guys? Uh, he like makes him Lord Commander. Mm, he was like the only other Night's Watch character that spoke because like the other couple got killed. But like anyway, John basically makes him the like the Lord Commander. Like he gives him the cloak and is like my watch has ended. But at one point when they're leaving, he's just like, uh, <laughs> "Don't let it fall down when I'm gone" or something like that. Like he basically he said something of that effect. Like don't don't tear it down while I'm gone. And so, like, even, like, references like that, it's, like, it's it's got to come down. <laughs> like, you, you can't... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I definitely thought it would be faulty. Like, something... It would not... It would not hold up. Maybe... I didn't... I didn't know if it was actually going to crumble, but I just figured at some point the wall would sort yeah. of be irrelevant. Um, and now it most yeah, definitely so, is. I don't know. Like, I... I, I I kind of predicted that this would be how... Because, like, every season has kind of an interesting final scene. A lot of them have to do with the walkers. Like, the season one, the final scene was the dragons being born. Second season, the last scene was uh, Sam sees the walkers marching on the wall. And, like, there's all these, like, iconic final scenes. And so, like, knocking down the wall, I'm like, okay, that's something you can do as a amazing cliffhanger to set up the next season. But it's just one of those things that like, does it feel like they've been marching forever? <laughs> like, it, I know like when the first, when they could first see them, my first thought was like, well, finally, like what the yeah. heck's taken them so long? It, it does feel like they've been trying to get there forever. And then Right when the plot is ready for it, bam, they're right there. Um, I don't know, but like, m- how weak do you think the defenses are against them? Do you think, like, because everyone is sort of in the planning stages of figuring out, like, how they're going to battle these guys, what route they're going to take, when they're going to do it. So, how vulnerable do you think everyone will be next season when the wall yeah, is. Yeah, I up definitely anymore? think that, like, there's going to be some shit going down. Which, like, in case anyone hasn't heard, they announced that season eight's only going to have six episodes. And it's just, like, crazy to me how, like, they still have so much up in the air. And as we're getting to the end here, now we can kind of discuss just, like, the overall season and, like, maybe stuff for season eight. But how do you feel when, like, shows announce, like, how many episodes are left? Like, Breaking Bad was like, yeah, we're going to have two more seasons. Like, each one's going to be eight episodes, and then it's done. Like, I mean, how do you feel about that? To me, it it doesn't really matter the number of episodes, um, because I'm, you know, I'm not in the writer's room. I don't know what they're plotting out and how they're breaking it down episode by episode. So for me, I don't have all the information to say whether or not I agree or disagree until the sh- episodes have aired. Um... So I don't think it really matters so much as what is in those episodes. That's what matters to me. But like, no. does that annoy you? Like, how do okay. you feel? Like, do you think it doesn't weird? necessarily annoy me, but, like, one thing that... So, like, like I said, I listen to a lot of Game of Thrones podcasts, 
Um, I recommend A Cast of Kings and Storm of Spoilers specifically, especially because one of the hosts for both the shows is Joanna Robinson, and she's a amazing writer at Vanity Fair. Um, but she, like, a lot of people have been bringing up that they think that the reason D.B. Weiss and David Benioff have made these two seasons shorter is honestly because they're just drained. Like, they're, like, they want it to end already because, like, like the show does seem like a very taxing thing. I mean, they've shoot it in, like, five different continents and, like, they it, it has this huge budget now and, like, there's so much pressure because it's gotten so popular that any time they do something fans don't like, they just lash out at them. So, like, I wonder if they're just like, oh, fuck. Like, George isn't going to finish his book. He told us where things are going to go. Like, let's just, let's just wrap it up. Like, I'm... Beat, you know, <laughs> like. Yeah, that's true, and they've already announced like their plans for Confederate. Like they're sort of, it does seem like they could but, like, be sort of checking out, or like soon, sooner rather than later. Like let's wrap it up before we're at that. Which kind of kills me. Care. It could be. I I wondered if it was like budget constriction. See, I don't. I the reason I don't buy that is because I've seen, uh, like, I've seen graphs of the episodes. The viewership has only gone up like the sure you may have an episode where it dips from like the previous episode but like every season it's just like chink 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 like going up the ladder of just like and obviously it's one of the most talked about shows on tv just not only by nerds but like people in general i mean i i work at a bank with this woman who's in her 60s and like I, I, she's like, yeah. Did you watch Game of Thrones? And like I never would have thought that someone like this. Yeah, I went. I was just at a family reunion, and a lot of relatives who I would never expect to watch Game of right? Thrones were talking about like John Snow yeah, theories so with me. <laughs> like you're I right. Don't you're right. It has just a budget thing. So you're right. Like, oh, go, but go ahead. Sorry. But no, I was I was just gonna say that too. Like it has only gone up so. It would make sense to want to shell out more money to have that viewership maybe yeah. continue to grow. I, so, but I think that's an interesting theory that you have, though, that they are just. I ready think to they are like because there's no reason why, like, because I can understand that, like some shows the episode count flips around. Like sometimes they do shorter, they do longer, whatever. But like it's been ten episodes every season, and then all of a sudden you decide, yep, season seven we're gonna do seven, and season uh, eight we're gonna do six. We're doing thirteen more episodes. It's like whoa, 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 whoa. You thirteen episodes? That's usually a full season and just like only a third kind of of another, and you're gonna do that for two? Like what the hell? And yes, the episodes have been longer. Like tonight's was a full hour and a half. So it's it's almost like a mini movie every episode. But I just don't understand. Because here's the thing. HBO is the type of place that like when they love a show and it's doing well, they give the showrunners full whatever they want. So like Larry David with Curb Your Enthusiasm. He hasn't done a new season since 2011. And they said, you have an open door policy. Like, whenever you want to do a new season, you can. And he's coming back this year. So he could t- he took six years off. Like, no other place allows stuff like that. So, like, I believe as the numbers have continued to grow, they're just like, all right, 
DB wise, David Benioff, we love what you're doing. Here's, you know, you can do as many seasons as you want. And they're like, oh, we'll do two more. They're like, you sure? Like, <laughs> but we'll give you a lot of money. <laughs> well, I'm wondering too, right? <laughs> we're we're yeah. HBO, you know that, right? Um, I'm wondering though, and this is just straight speculation off of nothing. I'm just thinking. Um, I'm wondering if they creatively decided that they would only do 13 episodes and only have one more season, call it a day, and then maybe they went to HBO and HBO said, um, well, we like money, so let's break it up to two seasons yeah. and drag it out. But, okay. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what, I don't understand what the, what that deal was or whose decision it was, but do you think that, and I, I feel like. I, I don't know, but do you think that it, it has a big effect on the okay. ending? Like, how much do you, or do you think that they probably have so it all mapped my out thing. and ready to go? And because, like, this season has been very dis- divisive. Like, there are people that are like, this is the best season ever. And then there are people who are like, this is very sloppy. And I don't like how quickly everything is being done. So, because. It's very simple. Like, you don't have to be a nerd like me to see. Like, if you look at season seven and then look at any of the other six seasons, season seven, like, it, like people have been joking, like, hashtag efficiency. Like, they just, like, we saw the one episode. They went from Dragonstone to King's Landing, like, uh, up to Eastwatch. They were, and then, like, last episode, they were beyond the wall and they found this thing. Gendry ran all the way back to Eastwatch. They sent a raven to Daenerys and Dragonstone, and then she flew her dragon back up to Eastwatch. Like, they're all over the place. Like, time is not a factor like it used to be. Like, <laughs> and especially rewatching the seasons. In season one, like, when they're at Winterfell and they leave, they don't get to King's Landing until episode three. Like, episode two is just them on the King's Road. And, like, <laughs> that's the same with so many other characters. Is like, you may not see a person for an entire episode because they're traveling, you know, to another part of the country or, like, across the, the narrow sea. So they just said, like, fuck it, we don't care this time. And, like, <laughs> it just... I guess it makes me wonder, like, is that just them, like I said, wanting to do things quicker they want to just like like hey we would have taken 10 episodes to do this but let's just you know let's skip some things and let's just get shit done and like i don't know it just i i feel because like i said hbo did not i i as far as what i've read and i've heard from some podcasters who have inside sources this was something that they decided hbo did not db wise and david benioff did so like i Six episodes, like, even if they're an hour and a half each, like, so much has to happen. (laughs) Like. Yeah, I think that's why I'm, like, more forgiving about the fact that the rules of time and traveling is a little more loose this season. Because we don't necessarily need to see characters going to a different part of land we never really have but it was it was within the rules of the show that they've created that we would we would be realistic with the time and and how long it took for characters to get to certain places whereas yeah this season it's kind of out the window but 
also they have a lot more to to talk about and to figure out rather than like how certain characters got places so you're right like i I could see the argument why it is like a little sloppier compared to what we're used to but also like we gotta wrap yeah we've been dealing with this for a really long time like let's get to the stuff that actually matters that we've been like waiting to come ahead like so like that's i'm a little more okay with that um, I do, I did, I, overall, I really did like this season, though. And I, you write it as polarizing, and some people thought it was the best, some people thought it was the worst. I don't know yet if I think it's the best or the worst. Maybe somewhere in the middle. I don't know. I don't, I have, really do have to think yeah. about, like, where it ranks in the series in general. Which, that could be but an overall, entire episode like, itself, us ranking the seasons. <laughs> oh, my God. That could, like, literally just be a whole <laughs> podcast series of, like, us going through this. I mean, we yeah, don't have so much to it, talk about. With like you show. said, I, I agree. Like, the, I... And I don't want to sound like I'm hating on the season. Like, I really enjoyed a lot of things from it. I mean, the the episode where the, the dragons attack Jamie and, like, then even even though I think the reason for them going up beyond the wall to catch a white just to bring it down to King's Landing, I thought that that storyline was kind of stretched it a bit. But, like, this, the action was still great, and I still loved, like... Lady Olena's death scene, like I thought that was one of the best of the entire show with Jamie and uh like there are so many scenes like that that like the acting is so superb that it like kind of makes up for the writing being a little I think a little weaker because they're trying to be so efficient with their time. Um I don't think it's one of my favorites. I think it's somewhere in the middle for me, but it's just because other seasons, like, I don't know. It's tough. It just felt like there's some things that were rushed. It's it's definitely one that I'm going to have to re-watch now that I've seen it all. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. I could see how it, did, it would bother some people because that's not what we're used to with the show. But there are plenty of other, like you said, movies or shows that do this sort of plot device where they just get the character there in the next scene. So for me, it was out of the ordinary for the show, but I, it didn't take me out of it because I'm used to seeing shows do that. But I think what this season had that maybe others didn't was sort of like a nostalgia factor. Oh, there um, were so many anyway, season like one callbacks. These, so many. Yeah, like so many callbacks. So many, like, reunions, and so many characters meeting each other, and characters interacting together for the first time, or being in the same space together, and, like, there's just so many moments where it's like, oh my gosh, this is happening right now, I've been waiting for this for, like, seven seasons, like, like, this is exciting, like, this is happening, I've always wondered how this would play out, like, there are a lot of moments like that, where it was just exciting to see this is happening right now, I mean, we got a Stark reunion (laughs) big time, um, and we also got John and Danny, like, together for the first time. And then, like, and that was just, like, the, the start of it. We've gotten so many moments, like, this season where we what we've been waiting for to happen has happened. And so that's something I think that season has against any other season is we had these sort of, like, feel yeah. moment where it was like, oh, this is happening. Yeah, no, definitely. I, and that, that's the thing is, like, it's still my favorite drama of all time right now. Like, it's still... I still could talk about this. Like, we've been talking for, like, an hour and a half, and I could still talk for another three hours about just this season alone. Like, I, I, 
am not hating on the show. Like, I, I do not agree with the people who are saying, like, the show sucks now. It's like, no, 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 no. This is still better than, like, 90-some, if not, like, 95% of television. Like, it's still great. It's just, like, it's just different now because it's been gone for so long and because we're getting to the end. And I guess it's just my my little phobia kind of thing about, like, when... Sh- I I understand why shows announce how many episodes are left, but because I know there are only six episodes left, I'm just like, every scene has to count, but I don't want every scene to count, sacrifice, like, story and, like, moments is all. But I still loved, you know, a lot of this season. And, yeah, I... <laughs> we gotta wait a while before season eight. <laughs> God, we when is that I think coming? there's I think there's been <laughs> I think there's been so rumors that they've said 2019, but I don't think it's <gasps> I don't think it's what? confirmed. But here's my thing. If okay, if for whatever reason, you know, they picked six episodes, fine. You, you, if you want to take extra time, fine. But it's got to be mind-blowing stuff. And like if it's like this season, I'll be happy. But, like, I wanted to ring back to, you know, some of the, the first three seasons. I want it to be not, like, okay, here's my thing. I don't want it to, like, be six episodes of just fighting the zombies. Like, I don't want that. Like. No, no, me either. I would get so upset if it was all about the Great War. I, I you know, or it, it, I think for, in my opinion, there's going to be two, like, main storylines, which is the Great War, the White Walkers, and then who's taking the Iron Throne. And I would like a... I think there needs to just be a, a delicate balance between the two. I don't want it to be all about yeah. the White Walkers and then ignore the whole thing. Yeah, like, no, you I... Know? So, well, it's going to be a balance. Some people sure. have been, like, talking about that, like, if the first two or three episodes, like, they saw... Like, they kill the Night King and all that stuff... And then, like, the rest of the season is about, like you said, the Iron Throne or just, like, how do we move on after this? Because, like, one thing Tyrion has brought up this season is, like, Danny, like, yes, you want to be queen and I believe you'll get there. But, like, what about afterwards? And she's like, I can't have kids. He's like, okay, are we going to vote? Are we going to, uh, like, what are we going to do then? Like, we need to think about after you've passed like we need to because all these people like i want to be king i want to be queen i want to be this 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 it's like they're worrying about the now but they're not necessarily worried about the future like jamie said like you know our children are dead what about the future so i hope that because that's as you know uh you probably know the next book when george r R. martin like finally fucking finishes hopefully by christmas but i highly doubt it um, it's called The Winds of Winter. And then, like, he said that the seventh book would be called A Dream of Spring, which, like, makes me wonder if that's what the last few episodes will be, is just kind of like, okay, the walkers are dead. We've been teasing them for, like, eight years. But now what about after? What about the Game of Thrones? <laughs> like, what are we... Who's going to be king? And then, like, how are they going to do it? Like, what if Daenerys gets the throne, but, like, she's not a good queen? And, like, uh, John has to overthrow her. I, you know, it's... A lot of a lot of interesting things still can happen, especially in only six episodes. Ugh. I don't know. I mean, I'm not... Like I said, not a book reader. I... 
I won't be reading a dream for spring or whatever. It's not my thing, but, you know, I am excited to see where these six episodes go. We have a really long time until they come, so uh, we'll we'll just have to think about it for a while and wait and see. But, like, I was thinking about this the other day, and I feel like, like, Game of Thrones is such a big deal right now. It is, like, our generation's sort of water cooler show. Oh, yeah, you know, it was we're Breaking all talking Bad before. About it. Everyone's yeah. avoiding spoilers. Yeah, and now, but I think Game of Thrones oh, is for sure it has. Breaking Bad, yeah. for sure. For sure. So, like, you know, that's, it's, it's such a big moment in our pop culture history, for sure. Like, what will be the next thing? Like, what could possibly be I mean, be you the heard that there's, like, three or four spinoffs, right? I don't, I don't right? have that answer. <laughs> Yeah, but, like, I don't think that those will, like, live up to Game of Thrones. I don't think, like, I, this, is, this is just me. I'm not a book reader. I'm not, like, someone like you who, who knows in the ins and outs of, of the story. I'm probably not going to watch the four series because I'm, it's just not Game of Thrones. It's a spinoff. I don't know. That's just me, though. So, like, will all those four be able to live up to, to the well, thing Well, I don't started? think they will, I but I think um, I, I'm, what I'm hoping what this shows is that like because like fantasy is this weird genre that a lot of people think like can't work like because like the budgets are high and like it, like whether it's special effects or like if it's medieval times like this all the costumes and the locations but like I think it's this is because Lord of the Rings first did it like that was the one that like everyone's like holy shit these movies are amazing but like I feel like this broke the zeitgeist of like, yes, fantasy isn't just for nerds. It can be for anyone if the story being told is right. And I think it also should hopefully challenge other shows, because, like, George R. R. Martin, one of his main s- statements was, like, I want to put characters in peril, and then, like, they're not safe. No one is safe. And, like, if you write someone into a corner, like, with Ned's thing, like... Because you see Arya, like, sees Ned, like, about to be executed, and other people in other shows probably would have been like, well, Arya causes a distraction, and then Ned, you know, Ebel's the guy, and then he runs away, and then people defend him, and he gets away, and he's, you know, and he, he lives, but, like, George is just like, no, he's tied up, surrounded, his head's coming off. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, so that's, I hope that this show really pushes other shows to try new things and not just what we had been so used to for so long, whether it's fantasy or that not all characters should be safe. Yeah, I think that there's definitely a possible influence to have on on TV writing to come from this, absolutely. I mean, it's just such a staple already, and it's not even over. Yeah, no, like you said, I'm I'm still obviously excited. Like I I hope people don't think that like wow, Brandon's just shitting on this. It's like just for me, like it because I know that they restricted themselves by making the season shorter, that like it just makes me want I'll always wonder like what if they'd went the full 10 episodes? What would they have added? What would they have changed? What would have, you know, I'll always wonder. <laughs> just like I still wonder It'll keep you I still up at wonder, night. like, three years later, like, what an Edgar Wright Ant-Man movie would have looked like. Like, <laughs> but, Oh, wow. <laughs> You're holding on to that but one. No, but, like, I, I just, I wonder what if a lot. So, yeah. Um, if for some reason you are not, like, a, 
humongous Game of Thrones fans, I I, can, I understand that like it is a long show, but like I could I always recommend to people to rewatch it because there's so many new things you notice and things to appreciate because when you watch it once it's good, but I think it's just a lot and so like you forget a lot. But when you rewatch it, you're just like wow, the acting. I mean the locations that they get the the costume and wardrobe department and hair and makeup like it is just a show that is on all fronts i mean the special effects the action sequences just i have to give it up i always tell people if you don't like the knights and you don't like boobs and you don't like dragons like whatever just watch it for the sheer scale of it <laughs> yeah it's a, it is honestly a beautiful piece of work in every detail i think but yeah, I I haven't fully rewatched. Actually, have never rewatched it. I didn't what? watch the pilot. Yeah, I have. I, boy, I'm not even caught up with how to get away with. Okay, Mario. that's so much to watch. There's no way I'm going to sit don't, down and watch don't all even, of Game of Thrones. How to get away with murder is not even in the same okay, solar system even, as Game don't of even Thrones. Start, okay, but I don't need to rewatch it. Like I know what's happening in Game of Thrones. I don't need to sit down and mm. rewatch it. Whereas I would like to watch new shows that I haven't finished yet. This show's different. I have not. <laughs> Some okay, shows I totally right, get right, that. Right. It's like I've seen it. But like this is a show that like every time I've watched it, I've grown to appreciate it better. Okay, I've literally only watched every episode one time. <laughs> I have not watched That's it more crazy. than once. Except the pilot. I did this is not crazy. That is actually not crazy. It is not crazy. It's not. It's totally not crazy to not rewatch every episode of Game of Thrones. Just saying. It's a lot of time. It's a lot of time um, that I don't have right now. Maybe one day I'll rewatch it, but I, I don't know. This is dedication, man, and I got other things going on. But, like, I love it. I love it. Don't get me wrong. I love it. But I don't know if I could, like, sit and binge watch I don't know I'm not Maybe saying you have to watch it in two weeks like... like I did like just <laughs> I'm, t- I'm just saying like it, it's a show that like you will appreciate it so much more like when you see things and also just like knowing where things go and then go back and like watch because like for example like Ned dies in episode nine he was only in nine episodes and like you go back and you really appreciate every scene he's in and then, like, same for, like, even when, like, Joffrey, you know, like, he's such a fucking prick. And then, like, when his death comes, it's just like, whoa, like, looking back at some of his final scenes, like, it's crazy how talented that actor was. And now he, like, already wants to, like, retire from acting. <laughs> so it's like. Oh, yeah, I heard that. Isn't he just, like, super not about he, acting now? Yeah, I think he's just like, I'm young, man. I want to go to school. <laughs> That's kind of awesome. But no, I definitely see, like, the fun in, in revisiting episodes, for sure, because so much happens. And, uh, like, me, I, I forget so much that has already happened um, that I really need a refresher for a lot of things because it has been just a crazy roller coaster of plot lines. So I could see why, like, it is fun to go back and, and see where the show went in its path and, like, where it's come to and where all these characters are at. Like, totally... I really did enjoy rewatching the pilot. Like, I rewatched the pilot, like, last month, and that was really neat to see, you know, the Stark kids get their dire wolves for the first time. Like, oh, like, that was cool. And Joffrey's back. Like, but it is a big commitment to rewatch the whole thing. <laughs> like series. I said, you gotta admit yeah. that, brah. 
But you're acting like, like I said, you don't have to do it like I did. Like, you don't have to binge it. Like, you can just, like, slowly, you know, even if it's, like, one a week, like, just, like, watch it again. Um, especially because we may have to wait till 2019 for the next season anyway, so don't tell me you don't have time. You, you know, like... <laughs> uh, that's true. I do have, like, a big Game of Thrones void that I will have to fill until... 2019 so maybe it's, I'll get on top of it maybe I'll for funsies I think it just it. also flusters me because like this show has some of the best like acting I've ever seen I'm thinking okay um I again I was I'm so satisfied with the fact that Sansa and Arya <laughs> teamed up I am I am and I think that might just be because I love my sister and like I'm a proud older sister and like I, I'm I just makes me so happy to see like the girls, and you know, like, another thing, too, I don't mean to pull the feminist card out, but I'm gonna, <laughs> like, I'm so sick of seeing women tear each other fucking down, because it's not how we all are, that is so not, for, like, that's <laughs> so not true, um, so it's amazing to finally see two women who don't necessarily get along, who don't necessarily even like each other, to come together and support each other, rather than, like, fucking tear each other down, so I, that, honestly, to me, was a highlight of the season. I think there was a lot of really dope feminist moments this season too that really like made me happy as a viewer. Like all the female leadership, um, the strong female, like like Cersei. We have a woman on the Iron Throne. That's dope. And then we have Daenerys coming Daenerys. out. So it's two strong women. <laughs> there you Daenerys go. coming in. And it's just, I don't know. To me, there was a lot of really well-written female characters this season, which... You know, it's it, it's an issue that most shows have, writing females, the truth, that's what I think. But I was very happy with that this season, for sure. It's exciting. I think it's very exciting to see it all it all meet up. And yeah, like I said. Yeah, I just, together. just, God, I hope it doesn't pull a Dexter. <laughs> oh, don't say that. No, it could never no, pull I don't. a Dexter. My God, that would be yeah, terrible. But... All right, guys, uh, this has been, uh, like I said, a, a little bit of a longer episode, but uh, we had to. It's Game of Thrones. So much. We had we have so much to, yeah. to talk about and to go over and so many emotions that we have to sort through ourselves. I think so that like, should be know, some I think that ranting. should be some episodes we do in the past is like I'll have you rewatch season by season and we'll do an episode on it. <laughs> Oh my god, could you imagine? Like, it would just be you and me back and forth being like, wait, Brandon, like, what is this person? Who is this person? And you'd be like, what? You don't know? He said this thing, blah, blah, blah. Like, <laughs> it would just be a lot of that. But again, we could have our own series just about me rewatching. That could be a whole series in and of itself. Like, God, we come up with so many good <laughs> podcast ideas. We really do. So, so many. So many. But, uh, yeah, we're, uh,. <laughs> Uh, like I said, guys, we, we not only have this dropping, but in the next few days, we also have us talking about the summer movie season. So lots of lots of fun stuff coming with Jess joining the podcast. And um, where where can they find you online, Jess? Um, on Twitter, I am at Jess Quaz, which is spelled K-W-A-Z-Z. And on Instagram, I am at Quazica, K-W-A-Z-Z-I-C-A. Awesome. You can follow me on Twitter at The Pros, T-H-E-P-R-O-Z-E. And uh, please follow Entertain Buffet at Entertain Buffet. Um, we have hopefully some, <laughs> hopefully, in the next few months, it's my goal to start releasing some videos that we've been talking about for a while, sketches and web shows and such. Um, also stay tuned when Jess, uh, is completing not only her own web show, but as well as a short film we've been working on. 
But uh, yeah, um, as always, rate, review, subscribe, email us, email uh, at uh, entertainmentbuffet at gmail.com if you have episode ideas. What do you want to hear us talk about? Um, and uh, leave a review. We'll give you a shout out on the podcast. So, But uh, thanks for listening, and I hope you guys enjoyed the season of Game of Thrones as much as I did.